All right, folks, we are live, and I'm going to give you my little intro spiel here. Um, <laughs> to say that I am excited about today's episode is an understatement because I am joined by a very dear friend, uh, a guy who I have a lot of respect for, I look up to. He's a natural mentor, coach. Uh, he actually uh, is, is a teacher in real life. I'm joined by Mr. Mark Cashman, owner of Cashman Commercials. Mark, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, my friend, even though it's the middle of summer and uh, and, and we're all kind of sweltering here. We're uh, just putting one foot in front of the other and and uh, and 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 still having fun. You've got that I, the, L.A. weather the smile on your <laughs> the smile on your face, Brian, the smile on your face. Look what happened this morning. You woke up and said, oh, boy, what's going to happen today? Now, you already knew a couple of things were going to happen. We were going to be talking. You already had your, your schedule. But when you wake up in the morning, because you are an entrepreneur, every day is an adventure. Mm -hmm. and, you, and, you, and you wake up with, oh, boy, what's going to happen today? Not, oh, shit, I got to go to work. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's, and that's, um, that's a mission I have in life myself is like, I don't want to be part of the 90% of people that hate what they do. I want to be happy. You know, Kevin, I, I've, uh, something, there's something about Kevin O'Leary that appeals to me and he talks about financial freedom comes through entrepreneurship. And I've, I've never, I've never forgotten. And that's one of those nuggets that's just kind of stuck in the back of my head. Like it, it, it's once you kind of start down that trail and I'm not nearly as far into it as you are to be clear, but once you start well, down that trail, longer, that's all I just got, I, I just got more years on you. That's all. It's, it's, um, but you know, man, I, I, um, and so folks, Mark, Mark and I, we, we talked, how long has it been since we've talked? It's been what, what? six months. It's been a while. I, I, I don't have a, a very good concept of time anymore after the pandemic. It, it completely ruined my, my sense of time and timing and everything. I was speaking to somebody the other day, just yesterday who said, yeah, we, we, you and I worked together. We spoke together last December. He says, no, that was May. <laughs> I, said, oh my God. I know that feeling. <laughs> But there, there are some people you talk to them and you just, it's just like no time at all has passed. And, and Mark, Mark and I, uh, we met through a mutual publicist. Um, so I, so trivia fact about Brian real quick. Uh, in addition to doing it work, I, I also do uh, some filmmaking stuff and I've got a, I've got another podcast to do where I interview people in the, the movie industry. And, and Mark just so happens to be part of the industry. He's, he's a voiceover artist. Uh, which he'll, he'll jump into that here soon. Um, but we, we had a really amazing interview on the other podcast, man. We just, we just hit it off, you know, and he's, he's very much a, um, Mark's a man who has a father's heart. He, he, he likes to teach. He likes to encourage. He likes to coach. Um, and I got that from him very quickly in our conversation. And so I think, I think you all are going to get that from him today as he kind of dives into his story and his business and how he's done what he's done and succeeded over almost what, four decades now? 45 years. I cannot believe it. That's that's I have, wild. I have to pinch myself. I literally have to pinch myself. I came to Los Angeles 45 years ago to basically do what I'm still doing. Now, why is that? Is that a testament to my uh, uh, intellect and my 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 creative genius? Sorry, I'm not that. I'm 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 a lot more more <laughs> humble than that. <laughs> If I could, if I could attribute it to anything, is is just pure perseverance. And of course, you know, truthfully, you know, when you leave, when you leave home, and you say, "I'm going out to strike my fortune," to you know, going, I'm 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 going out to to California to 
to to to to do it up. You you can't go back with your tail between your legs. Mm-hmm. You know that's 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 just kind of embarrassing. So that was just not an option. It was just not an option. I was going to make it work no matter what. Let's and let's I, start from the beginning on that. I, I mean, know. that's because you've had a pretty incredible journey, and I know it's not been all sunshine and rainbows for you. It, it, it's if anybody who's an entrepreneur tells you that it's been all sunshine and rainbows, they are full of shit. <laughs> because everybody understands that no matter what you're doing, whether you're on your own or whether you're uh, working in a, in, a, in a corporation, you're going to have ups and you're going to have downs. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad. You're going to take two steps forward. You're going to take one step back. And, and so, so I don't know anybody who has not had adversities, failures, everything. Part of it, part of success. And I guarantee that every single person you interview who's successful at what they do will tell you and have told you it was part of it was because I wasn't afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is so huge because that is what keeps a lot of people from doing anything is the fear of failure. If I do it, I'll fail. And other people say, if I do it, I might fail, but so what? If I fail, I'll figure out a way to do it better. Um, I'll figure out what went wrong. I will persevere. When I talk about perseverance, I, 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 the, the analogy I always say is it's, it's like a terrier on your pant leg. <laughs> Just that, you know, right there, just just not letting go, yep. not letting go because you have your eyes on the prize. And and that was the that's the one thing that that just kept me going over and over and over again. And of course, we have the personal moments, too. And you've had this and every entrepreneur has had this. I know this this is for a fact. So you're on the line with your mom or your dad. And you're in your 30s and your 40s and you're struggling still to do what you want to do to make your dream possible. And your parents say, and 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 your parents say, oh, how are you doing? How are you doing, Brian? And and you say, well, uh, right now it's 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 kind of hard. I'm I'm, I'm struggling. It, it. And then your mom or dad say, well, Brian, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? How are you gonna turn this around? Are you gonna fall back on that teaching uh, 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 credential that you got? Are you gonna? Are you gonna or that that uh, CPA the paper thing that you certification that you got? Or are you gonna go take a straight job and 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 join the the just the straight workforce and do a nine to five and 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 be a assistant manager at Best Buy? No, mom. No, dad. This is what I do. This is my dream. I'm going to make this happen come hell or high water. This is what I do. This is what I want to do. This is what I plan to do. And this is what I'm going to do. And that's it. Does that mean that every single person who dreams about something can achieve it? No, unfortunately, no, because there's something called timing and luck and and all the other myriad things that go along with it. So there's no guarantee. There's never, ever, ever any guarantee of success, no matter what you do. I remember my straight friends for years, for decades said, aren't you worried about where your next paycheck is coming from? 
And I said right back to them, aren't you worried that you're going to come into work tomorrow and be shit-canned and downsized? <laughs> come on. It goes both ways. Mm -hmm. all, because you have a, all because you have a salary job is n means nothing. Yep. We know that loyalty is, is <laughs> in very short supply. You don't, don't, don't expect corporations to back you up and, 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 and know your worth. It's true. And the higher, the higher you get on the ladder, the bigger a target you have on your back. Uh, absolutely. There's no question about it. It's a dog eat dog world. Absolutely. And it's very, very competitive. It's competitive out there all the time, every single day, day in, day out, no matter whether you're doing uh, again in the, in the, what we'll call the straight world or what we'll call the, the freelance world, because that's, that's basically what we're talking about. Talking about uh, uh, entrepreneurs, who have their own business and basically go from job to job to job to job to job, who build up a clientele, who build up a reputation and and are solo entrepreneurs. Basically, they run their own business. They might be solo. They might have a couple of employees, but basically it's a small business. And by the way, uh, I, I want to put in a plug for a company that technically doesn't need plugging. Um, but. I have to tell you that uh, there's a company called Square out there that, I don't know, I think it was maybe about 15 years ago they started. And what they've done is they've allowed, they've, they've created a platform for small business people, mm -hmm. for entrepreneurs, for people to, to somebody living in, in, uh, uh, in, uh, kneecap idaho who wants to sell something to the world and puts together a page on square and then is able to promote that so square for for anybody who's thinking of 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 really formalizing their business online and getting their services out to the world i want you to check out square yeah that, that's, they make that, it so easy it was an amazing 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 idea what they did i mean and, and just like any good idea they saw a need you know? absolutely they filled a niche that's exactly what they did they filled a niche now people say well what about ebay well that's just selling products online but but square allows you basically to establish a website establish a presence and be able to promote that site throughout the world and be able to take orders from people all over the world just with a click of a mouse Absolutely. I, you, you can be, you can sell your peaches on the side of the road and take credit card payments because of square. I mean, that's, that's exactly that's the right. Of it. That's and, and, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Warren Buffett uh, said years ago, if, if you're going to in, invest in anything, invest in something that you really believe in square is the only stock I own because I absolutely believe in that company hands down. And I can't believe that their stock is still just sitting in the middle there and, and, and not just going through the roof and splitting because it's the bet. Again, it's, it's one of the most underrated uh, uh, companies out there. It's just behind the scenes, but I'm telling you, they, they literally provide millions of millions of entrepreneurs, solo business people, uh, a chance, a way to level the playing field mm -hmm. and get their products and services out there. And if it weren't for square, I would be stuck here just, just with, I just, I, I, I wouldn't be anywhere near as successful if it wasn't for that vehicle, that platform. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think part of the reason for that, that lack of recognition or the, or even the, the, the lack of growth. I, I just think we're so inundated today with technology. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, like, like you stop, you stop and think about in 2006, we were all still using flip phones and candy bar phones. And then Apple and all of their genius pushes out the iPhone in 2007. And then Google's not far behind them with the, uh, the T-Mobile G1. And it was so amazing in the beginning, but then it just became so commonplace. Yes. I think we forget how amazing of a piece of technology that is. I mean, like when you think, when when you look at in 1969, we went to the moon on basically a pocket calculator. That's exactly right. Our our phones, our phones are more powerful than the computer that they sent to the moon. A building couldn't even hold the technology in this device. No. In 1969. I mean, like an entire skyscraper. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. No, no. No, not even maybe an entire skyscraper could not hold the technology that's that's in this this iPhone right here I agree. in 1969. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable, but it was just it, it just be it, it was so subtle and gradual, and it just yeah. became so commonplace that I yeah. think we just forget yeah. how amazing some of these things are. It, you know, funnily enough, we we're talking about Square. the The one thing that really makes me um, feel like I'm in the future sometimes. <laughs> And this is going to sound very bizarre. Um, Clover has these uh, POS, or they're not, I guess you call it a POS system, but I go to restaurants sometimes and I see these Clover systems uh-huh. and they're just so slick and they're so nice looking. They have a nice interface, their little animations. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm like, man, you know, like, like now I feel like I'm in the future. I mean, it's stupid yes. because it's something that's so simple, but there's something about those Clover systems that makes me feel like, yeah, I'm in 2023 or you look at Tesla's, the stuff in Tesla's now. Yes. Um, the technology there. I I've got a friend, I was in his SUV the other day and his backup camera has an aerial view of his vehicle. Uh huh. And I'm like, Gerald, where is this camera? Because yeah. there's, there's not a drone flying over your Isn't that car weird? right yes. now. Exactly. I, I don't know where that camera is, man. I, I <laughs> it, it, it is the strangest thing ever. I saw a picture of that the other day. I said, well, wait a second. If it's a bird's eye view of the, of the car, where's the camera? Is it attached to some kind of aerial thing that it's going? So I have no idea what they're doing, but all I can say is, and and as and as cool as the interior Teslas are, the exterior. I don't know about you, Brian, but when I was a kid, when I was a kid growing up, and I was reading comic books and 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 and, and Mad Magazine and all those other books, I saw cars of the future. Okay, they had the cars of the future, and they had that in reverb. The cars, cars, cars of the future, future, and of course, and we had these bubble cars and and spaceship cars and 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 just these wild concept cars. You go, oh my god, that's the future. That's that's the the tw- the two thousands. That's I haven't seen them. No, nope. I'm looking for them. I still haven't seen a future car where are they they're, they're everything is just blends in mm-hmm. even the tesla on the outside yeah you know you you can see okay electric cars don't have grills anymore so they change the style a little bit but the f- cars of the future are still not they're still not here i'm waiting for them you i hope it's very obscure yeah yeah you see you see those very obscure mock-ups 
Yeah. Um, occasionally BMW will do one or Mercedes. Yeah, will do yeah, one. yeah. You, they, the concept cars, but they don't, pr- but they don't uh, produce them because they're too expensive. Can That's you imagine it. a world with those cars though? Like, I, I think about, and I think it just took me getting a driver's license to 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 appreciate the fact that flying cars don't exist. Um, Actually, people- they do. Actually, they do. They've got flying cars now. Now, how are they going to regulate them and where they're going to go? But there are flying cars now. They really are. If you just Google flying cars, you're going to come up with dozens and dozens of prototypes of flying cars that they haven't put into production yet. But I just saw this BMW uh, uh, concept flying car that's made of uh, carbon fiber. And and I mean, it's just it's it's that is is very cool. (laughs) Imagine if that becomes common. I mean, people, I mean, you live in LA, man. I, yeah. I, the, the traffic, people cannot drive. No. It, it's it's like nine out of 10 drivers are it's terrible nuts. drivers. It's so, nuts. so how, Crazy. what's going to happen when you give people, those people a pilot's I license? I cannot even, I just can't <laughs> even imagine. It's, it, it's just, I think it's more of an artist's concept at this point than anything else, than, than anything really, really practical. I mean, they, they, they can't even, you know, add an extra lane. You know, the moment they add an extra lane, it fills up. It's like a house. You know, you fill up everything, all the space inside. It's just, just crazy. But anyway, getting back to entrepreneurship, I know we kind of, we kind of got off the subject here. And and um, and the thing is, is that you you talk to people who have started uh, uh, businesses when they were in their teens because they just had the vision yep. in their twenties when they have just incredible amount of, 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 of energy and, 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 and drive uh, the people in their thirties who, who had been working a while and then just gave up and then just started their own thing. People in their forties who've been working in corporate stuff and then decided, fuck this. Well, I want to do something on my own people in their fifties who said, I am just tired of this stupid rat race. I just want to, I just want to, do something completely get up just just completely different than what i'm doing and every single one of these people believed in themselves and believed in their abilities to pull it off not that they didn't question themselves holy can i do this can i this can this work is this going to happen they questioned themselves every single day some days they even said oh i don't even know i what did i what did i do you know, they, they, they and 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 question themselves, but the ones who are successful are the ones who just see it, see it, see it. And one of my colleagues, we were talking about performance uh, uh, recently, and he was commenting on performance. But the same holds true. So the thing is with acting, the phrase "if you can see it, you can be it." So when you're acting, you are performing a role. And if you can envision yourself as a dragon in a cave, uh, 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 blowing fire at the, 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 the villagers who are at the mouth of your cave trying to kill you, if you can see it, you can be it. Well, the same thing for entrepreneurs. That's the exact same thing that they do. Their eyes are on the prize. They can see it. They can be it. And they just keep that vision Every single day, yeah. When they wake up in the morning, when they go to bed at night, because what they're doing is, and this is this is the one thing that I do tell people who ask me, "Why were you successful?" Because I dreamed it, 
ate it, slept it, thought it. It was a constant thing. It wasn't a fleeting thing. It was constant. There was no time when I was not thinking about moving that ball forward. Most of the time it was in the front of my mind, occasionally in the back of my mind when I was doing like things like having fun and <laughs> enjoying life. You feel but guilty about term- it when you're having fun though, because you're like, That's I should exactly be working right. something else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but in terms of career, there was, I was absolutely relentless in my, in my drive. Because I, I just, I just, I, failure was not an option for me. Although there were many, many times when I would have a project and it failed. It, it just went away. It evaporated. It went nothing. I spent all this time working on something and it didn't happen. So what do you do? A lot of people kick themselves and give up. That's, that's what separates the successful people from the, from the non-successful people is because the successful people didn't give up. They weren't daunted. They said, they learned from their mistakes. What am I going to do differently? How am I going to make this work? Maybe I just need to completely look at this from the ground up and just completely change it around. But their desire to move forward is, is what, is what, that's what basically gave them their success. Right. The other factors of meeting somebody really important, a great connection, a great contact, a, a, a referral, a testimonial, whatever the case would be, those are all those little factors that sometimes tip or the tipping points there and sometimes will make something happen. Just tiny, tiny little things. And you can't plan for that. That's just that's just in your that's just either going to happen or not. I'm sure that Hollywood is littered with millions of stars who almost made it, mm-hmm. actors who almost made it and didn't, as opposed to the ones who did. And unfortunately, that's life. And that's the arts. You see, that's the other thing, too. Art is ephemeral. Talent mm-hmm. is ephemeral. Ten people could look at one person performing and and have ten different uh, 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 opinions as to that performance. but. When you get into business and you get into numbers and you get into proving yourself, et cetera, et cetera, many times numbers don't lie. Okay. Yeah. The top salesman of the year is the top salesman of the year because he brought in X more money than anybody else. Numbers don't lie. So, so those type of things, those are proven success formulas and everybody goes, yeah, that's a leader. That's a successful person. Cause there's, there, there's no, there's no question as to, again, numbers don't lie. It's black and white. Art, talent, that's different. That's why you got what they call A-listers, B-listers, C-listers, et cetera, et cetera. Look, let's let's stick with that for a second though, because I think you can actually connect those two. Um, you're, you're talking about the, the 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 people that almost made it. The, the first thought that comes to my mind, and it's kind of the philosophy I have just looking at filmmaking. So I see these guys going around with scripts all the time. Well, I say all the time, I see it occasionally. Um, as an example, I was at a convention recently here in Knoxville. And I saw a guy walk up to a particular actress and hand her his script and wanting her to read it. And I turned to the guy behind me and I said, that is a no, no, you don't do that. Um, you know, there, there's an article out there, uh, called, um, 
no, I will not read your bleeping script or something like that. And it's, it's just, it's just, uh, unless you know somebody really, really well, you don't just walk up to them and hand them your script. If they want to read it, they'll ask you for it. My thought, you know, so I see all these people, they're, they're, they just, they, they niche themselves, man. They're, they're like, I'm a writer, I'm an actor, I'm a this, I'm a that. My thought is if I have a script I want to see made, I'm going to make it myself. You know, I'll put in the work to get the funding. I'll put in the work to find the actors. I'll put in the work to find, you know, whatever it is I need, I'll get out there and I'll hustle and find it and I'll make it happen. If I want to see this script come to life, I'm going to do it. I don't want to rely on other people any more than I have to, to make it happen. So when I look at actors, when I look at writers doing this, I'm like, why don't you guys have a, a plan B? And I think that's, I, I, I think that ties into the concept of getting back up when you fail in business. Okay. So you failed as an actor, we'll become a producer, become a director, become a writer go become a filmmaker in general. Let's just become a filmmaker, get out there and do all of it. Now I, I recognize and understand that not everyone is a salesperson. Not everyone is an extrovert. Not everyone is even good with people for that matter, but how bad do you want it? You know, that's, that's the real question. Okay. Well, that is the real question. That really is the fundamental question. That's it. That's the bottom line is how badly do you want it? Now, a lot of people say, I really want it bad. But then, of course, the next question is, well, what are you going to do to get it? Mm-hmm. How are you going to achieve that? I know you want it bad. You've already made it plain you want it bad. Good. That's good. That's a good motivator. What's your next step? How are you going to get it? What are you doing to achieve that? And it's not you can't just do one thing. You have to do multiple things many, many times. So so it, it, it's, it, again, uh, drive which is basically how bad do you want it? Drive, hunger. How hungry are you? I was hungry. I was starving. I always, I was, I was always hungry. So not literally, uh, uh, career-wise. So, so that, that was my motivation and that was, that was my drive. And, 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 and in fact, I never had. It's interesting. People say, "Oh, you're you know, you're a successful uh, producer, uh, uh, you know, making millions." The money part of it never entered into my mind. I want to be a producer and make millions. Was not the the sentence. Is I I want to I I want to be a pro, a successful producer. Period. When you're successful, almost anything, the money will come. Mm-hmm. But my goal was always just, I said, all I want to do is, is support myself and my family comfortably. That was my goal. Support myself and my family comfortably. However you define comfortably. That was it. And that, and, 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 and it was realistic too, because I didn't, I didn't put that, say, I want to be a multimillionaire. And put that on on myself, which is, I think, artificial. But other people find that as a great motivator. And truthfully, I I have no, I don't, I don't make any judgments. If that's your motivator and that works for you, go for it. If that's the thing that drives you, go for it. A lot of people, though, I do. I have spoken to a few number of people who have very, very honestly said. Yeah, when I was younger, I thought it was all about the money. And now I realize it's not all about the, it's not about the money at all. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's good. They grew up. They grew up and they got their priorities straight and, and they, they 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 know what they're doing. 
Um, I think a, a large part of success, almost every super successful person I've met is humble and appreciative. And we already know that the happiest people in the world, this is a scientific fact, the happiest people in the world, the most fulfilled people in the world are the ones who are the most appreciative. Mm -hmm. No matter what they're doing, no matter what job they have, if they appreciate what they've got, they are the happiest people, period. And truthfully, ultimately, you know, when we go, when we strive to, to be successful business people, we're really, really striving to be happy, to be fulfilled in what we do, and to be and to be and to be able to support our family if we have one or ourselves if we don't. That's really our goal. On on the that's our goal, that's our immediate goals. But I talk to a lot, I do a lot of public speaking to conventions, uh, particularly voiceover conventions around the world. And I'm in, always asked to say, Mark, could you, could you give us a short talk about what it, you know, how to be successful, how to put together a successful voiceover career? And, 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 and when I do that, I, I tell them that it's more than just about being successful because your your duty is since you're a human being and you're part of the human race your duty is that once you are successful even not even once you've reached success but, but while even while you're attaining trying to attain success the one thing that will separate you from ordinary folks will be your desire to pay it forward, to leave a legacy, mm -hmm. to do more than just be a successful producer producing all these different things. That's a body of work, but that's not paying it forward. Paying it forward is taking your talents and donating it to other people, to help other people to help lift other people up or inspire other people. And that's something that I've incorporated from the very, very beginning of my career was the concept of paying it forward. One of my colleagues, Larry Hudson, he, met, he and I met years, years, years later, but he was one of the few people we connected so well because he was one of those people who also believed in paying it forward. And that's one thing if I have to leave any um, uh, message in this interview that we have today is just to remind people it's not enough to be successful. You need to leave a legacy. Mm -hmm. you, look, you want your if, 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 you want your family to to be proud of you. So you if if that's the case. You can't just give them stuff, house, you know, stuff, the horses, gifts, house, car, just stuff. You can't just give them stuff. You have to inspire them to pay it for themselves. You got to be a mensch. The, 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 uh, there's a Yiddish, the Yiddish term 
for a man is mensch, M-E-N-S-C-H. It's from the German, mensch. That's your job. Your yeah. job is to be a mensch, not just to be a successful person, not just to be a, 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 a you know a good father and and and, and a husband, but to leave a legacy. Yeah. To pay it forward. People the, the, the say, gears... well, how do I? Oh, sorry, sorry, Mark. No, what are you going to say? I'll just say, I mean, if you don't pay it forward, eventually the gears will stop for everyone. I, I, because I mean, if if any successful person out there is honest with themselves, they're not self-made. Somebody took a chance on them. Yes, to a certain extent, to a certain extent. But the thing is, is it, it's it's the thing is, you you every day we have to go out and we have to prove ourselves over and over and over again. This is what we do. This is what we do, and we do it. It's what you leave behind. That's the key. It's what you leave behind that's the most important. That's that's the thing, and that's yeah. and and you have to figure out a ways ways to do that. I figured out a way to do it right from the beginning of my career when I was producing commercials, and then I realized, wait a second, if I can produce commercials for for products and services companies or corporations companies that got you know just huge budgets and everything else like that. Why can't I produce commercials for uh, public service organizations that have virtually no budget, but they have a really, really important message to get out? Is anybody stepping up to the plate and offering to help them? No, but I did, starting literally 40 years ago, 45 years ago, and found different public service organizations that had no presence on 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 the air whatsoever and had no idea where their next donation was going to come from of course back then it was before the internet so what are they doing they're asking people for they send them a postcard or a letter or this or that and that's that that's it so i realized how powerful uh, uh, the medium it was and realized at that time believe it or not public service uh, uh, radio stations and tv stations had to provide x amount of uh, media time to public service organizations, but most of them were 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 just uh, um, uh, it's just an announcement, mm -hmm. you know, a fundraiser for the da da da, or do, do, please donate to the to the to the uh, uh, you know this charity or whatever the case may be. And I and I realized a lot of them did not have any professionally produced commercials, just like products and services, to get attention and to get donations in and so so that's why 40 years ago i just started doing just as many public service organizations uh, uh, uh productions for free and that was the key it was free i would actually you're not gonna leave this brian i would contact a public service organization and tell them that i wanted to donate my services for free and they thought it was a hoax. They thought it was a joke. They thought somebody was pulling some, pulling something on them. And I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm serious. Of course, there was no way for them to check me out. This is before the internet. This is just somebody calling and saying, hey, I do this. And said, who, the, who the heck is this? But, and actually I had people turn me down. Mm -hmm. And I still do. They're because they 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 think what is this? They they think it's some sort of joke or 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 trick or, or whatever. So it's it's still the same. People are very skeptical. But everybody listening to this interview right now, if you can figure out a way to pay it forward, 
do so. Now, a lot of businessmen, a lot of businessmen join organizations that pay it forward. The Shriners is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are many, many other organizations uh, 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 for men and women, professional organizations that they can join that pay it forward. The happiest people are the most appreciative. You want to be happy in your life? Find a way to be to, to appreciate what you have, pay it forward, help somebody else. I guarantee you, best thing you'll ever do. And, and, and it's contagious too. Once you do it, you, you say, wow, that was great. I want to do that again. Who else can I help? And, and the great thing was when I did it, um, I recruited everybody. So people said, well, how are you going to produce a whole commercial for free? I said, well, I, ha I have talent who I work with. They're going to donate their time. I have studios. They're going to donate their, their time. I'll donate my time in terms of writing and producing and everything else like that. And the media, and the, media uh, uh, the, the radio stations are going to donate their time. It's a win, win, win. You never know who they'll connect you with as well. You know, that's the other you never, thing. You ne that's the other thing when you pay it forward. You never know who you're going to meet, what's going to happen, how it's going to, what's going to play out and how one thing turns into another thing and something that you wanted to donate all of a sudden now turns into something completely, something different and better. You never know. You never know. But it's, it, it's so much is up here, Brian. It's scary. So much is up here. Half, that's half the battle is the desire the will, the motivation to do it. And then of course, obviously executing that's, that's, that's obviously it's important. That's part of our skill. That's what we do. That's what we get paid for. But there's so many other things involved in that. Yeah. And, and some people say, well, you know what? My job is so demanding. I'm exhausted at the end of the day. I don't have time to think about anybody else or anything else. That, I'm sure that happens, but, uh, but after a while, hopefully you'll find some kind of balance. And of course, for those people out there who wake up every morning and say, shit, I have to go to work today. Um, I, uh, since I'm not a career counselor, I don't know what to say other than if you continue at a job that you hate, you're going to have a short life because it's going to affect you in other ways, not just your psyche. It's going to mm -hmm. affect you physically, emotionally, everything. So if you're in a job you hate, it's like being in a toxic, it's like, you know, working out in the fields and they're spraying uh, the, 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 the insect spray and the chemical spray. Get out of there. Yep. Get out of there. It's poisoning you. It's hurting you. It's killing you. Stop it. That's about, I wouldn't be a great career counselor. I just, I just say, hey, stop that. No, that's, that's so true. I mean, and, and that's really the inherent danger too, about chasing money. I, I mean, let's, let's say that you, you land in something that uh, is a guaranteed you're going to be a millionaire. I, what, what I, what I don't think people think about or realize, and it could be, you know, youth that, that, that blinds them to that. It could be ignorance. I don't know, but when you make that kind of money, there's a sacrifice, a great sacrifice of your time with that. And if you're doing something you hate, 
all the millions of billions of dollars in the right. world don't matter. I mean, there That's are those exactly. rare people who can just kind of compartmentalize and shut that off. Yeah. But for the most part, if you're doing something you hate and you're making millions at it, right. how can you enjoy the money? Because I mean, right. that job is waiting for you every single day. Exactly. You know, you, you Not necessarily something you hate, but necessarily, but possibly something that you know is a scam, but you're doing it anyway. You know, where you crossed a moral line. That's yeah. another whole other thing. One of my friends uh, uh, was a stockbroker for years and years and realized, said, I, I, this is just a, uh, this, this is just a terrible job. Uh, I, I, I can't guarantee any, any, uh, everybody's, it's like, it's like Vegas, you know, the house always wins, mm -hmm. you know? So, so it's, it's, he's, it was, it was a thankless job. Uh, uh, the, he, on his part, other people thrive uh, at it. And so really, you know, the bottom line, since we're talking about entrepreneurs, um, the the satisfaction of having something that you put together yourself, that you designed yourself and that was successful, there's no better satisfaction in the world because it's something that you created, not something that's that somebody else created and you were part of. It's something that you created and other people were a part of what you created. And that's got to have a great sense of satisfaction and accomplishment. and Therefore, the desire to say, "Hey, I did something good. I'm gonna let's let's do it again." Yep. And every day, I mean, Kevin O'Leary talks a lot about this too. It's it's uh, when you're doing something you're passionate about, you're not going to work. You no. know, he no. he's he's he said he said when you're getting up every day at five a.m. To, to go to work, but you're not really working. Like I, I forget how he phrased it, but it's he, a labor of love. Exactly. He he it's talks about when when he when he made when he made his first million. And when he really got into wealth, he was selling software. And um, he said when he got rich, he didn't even realize that it happened. He yeah. just kind of woke up one day and and saw, I don't know if he saw the stocks or he saw something. He's like, oh, wow, I'm actually wealthy. But it, it didn't really, you know. No, it, it didn't because that wasn't his mindset from the get-go. It just was a byproduct of, of, of all of his relentless drive and creativity and, 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 and also – don't forget, he's a very he's a very winsome personality, but he is a businessman. He is a, the, there's a reason he's on Shark Tank. He is a shark. Okay, that man does never. He's like a shark. He never moves backwards. He's always moving forwards. Yeah. So so he's he is quite intimidating as a as 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 a a businessman and um and I. And, and, and I, and the type of person who I would want to have on my team <laughs> yeah, to, to drive negotiations because he's, he knows, he, he knows what he wants. He goes after it. He's relentless. And, and, um, but he also knows when to give up. He also knows when to back out. I've seen him on shark tank many times. I'm out. I'm out. He knows when to go in and knows, but all of those guys, they know when to go in, they know when to go out and they all have great track records. Every single one of them. We're talking about they're all in the 70, 30, 80, 20 column of success loss. Mm -hmm. um, they or they lose a lot of the smaller things and make a huge gain on, on one of the other ones. Uh, one of the women there, they have they have a couple of women there. One of the women there that uh, made a, a, a ten million dollars on on something that everybody said, what the fuck? <laughs> she saw it. She saw, she saw the vision. She saw the, 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 the uh, and that's what great business people uh, uh, do. 
um, amongst other things. There, there are a lot of other business people who don't do that, but they're, but they're successful mainly because they, because they all, they, they make everything that they do a win-win for everyone, mm -hmm. that there is no loser in the situation. Everybody comes out winning. Yeah. Which is ultimately, you know, that's, that's the, that's what we always shoot for. Oh, I just remembered my little anecdote about why I decided to do what I did, what I, why I decided, how I decided to become a producer. So for, I, let me see. I, I, so um, around 25, I got my master's in education, thinking I was going to be a teacher. And so I went into the public school system and I was a teacher for about five years. And I, I really, I enjoyed teaching. I kind of sort of liked just a few of the kids, I'm going to be honest. And I did, and, and, and I hated the system, just hated the whole system of education. It was so arcane and, 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 and it was just stupid. And it, it was just, I chafed under this, the, the, this structure of education and the way they were teachers and students, and everything else. So I knew, I realized I was not long for this job. So my parents and my friends said, well, what are you going to do? If you don't like teaching, what are you going to do? Are you going to join Procter & Gamble? They were right there in Cincinnati. I was living in Cincinnati at the time. You're going to join Procter & Gamble and join their corporate ladder? Which I could have done. I could have gone down, walked down there and said, hey, I want to apply for a job. What do you want to do? I don't know anything. It's just I want to just be part of the corporation and, and make P&G one of the best corporations in the world. I couldn't. So here's why I didn't do that. Because I heard a voice in my head. What was that voice? That voice was the CEO of some imaginary corporation. And his office was down the end of the hall. He had a corner office with, you know, all the windows and everything because he was the CEO. And my office was at the other end of the hall with no windows whatsoever. My door was open. His door was open. And here's the voice that I heard, Brian. Here's the voice that I heard screaming down the hall. Cashman, where's that report? It's the voice I heard on a broken record over and over and over and over and over again. Cashman, where's that report? And that's what I heard in my head. When everybody, anybody ever said corporate job, immediately, Cashman, where's that report? That's what I heard. And I said, no, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't want to be beholden to somebody holding a paycheck, waving a paycheck, dangling a paycheck over my head. Mm -hmm. Couldn't do it. That voice prevented me from ever joining any corporation whatsoever and striking out on my own with no knowledge as to how I was going to do what I was going to do. So people say, well, what inspired you to, to do this? It was really simple. There were two two men who inspired me, and they didn't know me from Adams Off Ox. One was Stan Freeberg. Stan Freeberg was a satirist, a humorist. He recorded a number of albums on Capitol Records, and and he was one of the four known one of the foremost satirists in the U.S. Stan Freeberg, F R E B U R G, no B E R G. Stan Freeberg, and you could just look him up 
and he has a legacy. He was he he's just an amazing performer, uh, 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 actor, writer, producer, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I heard his commercials on the air and they were irreverent and they were funny and they were humorous and they made fun of themselves and they weren't the typical announcery guy. And I listened to those and they were and they entertained me endlessly. And I heard them, I said, oh my God, if I could do, if I could produce something like that, that would be so much fun. And that was the seed. And I started listening to all Stan Freeberg stuff and I just said, wow, 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 wow. This is fantastic. This is amazing. Is this possible? Can I possibly pull something like this off? And then a couple of years later, I heard a guy named Dick Orkin. I don't know if you ever if you're familiar with him, Dick Orkin, O-R-K-I-N. Dick Orkin was a humorist, a writer, satirist. He came out. He was based in Chicago, and he came out with a with a, a series of a syndicated series on radio stations called Chicken Man: The Adventures of Chicken Man. It's about a superhero dressed as a chicken. Now this is back in the '60s. Brian, back in the 60s, there was nothing going on like this, nothing silly going on like this. But Dick Orkin put this together. Chicken Man. Very, very silly. Well, and and Freeberg was also very silly. And I said, you know what? I have the same silly sense of humor. I could I, I, I could be just as silly as they could. Well, that was the other thing, too. After I listened to them and listened and listened and listened, I said to myself, if I could be just a fraction as good as they are, I'll still be good because mm -hmm. they're great. Do I aspire to be as good as they? Yes, absolutely. Do, uh, 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 do I occasionally uh, uh, get it? Maybe once in a blue moon, these people I consider geniuses. And these people, these are the people I aspire to. That's the other thing, too. If you're an entrepreneur, Look for people who inspire you. And always, and, 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 and you're not going to achieve their genius, their success, because that's, that's who they are. But if you can just get a fraction of their genius and their success, you'll still be good because they're geniuses. They're wonderful. They're great. Always aspire to be as good as the best. You may not attain that, but you'll get close. That's what they say. Shoot for the moon. You may not get to the moon, but you'll get pretty damn far. Mm -hmm. And that was it. So Stan Freeberg and Dick Orkin. And what's happened was, well, then I found out that they both lived in Los Angeles. So there was no question as to where I was going to go from Cincinnati in 1970, 1978. And that's basically what I did in 78. Moved to, to just uh, uh, saved up enough money to pack all my belongings, move out to Los Angeles. I had one friend here in LA that I lived on his couch for a week, found a place to live, settled in, and decided oh, this is what I was going to do. Somebody the other day said, so Mark, you mean you just came to Los Angeles and you just started writing and producing commercials? Are you kidding me? Of course not. I didn't know anything about writing and producing commercials. Nothing. Nothing. I had been in studios before as a musician and a singer. I had been a performer in my earlier years, but I didn't know anything about producing commercials. I knew they were produced in a studio. I knew, obviously, somebody had to write the script. 
But how that happened, I didn't know. I had to teach myself when I came to Los Angeles. And so I knew that I had to leave my days open in order to work in the studios, work with talent, and work with ad agencies who were all part of the production. That meant I had to be available from nine to five to do that. That's when all the work was being done. So people said, well, if you had to be available nine to five, how could you, how could you keep the roof over your head? How could you keep gas in the car? How could you keep food in the fridge? How could you survive if you weren't working and just building up your business during the day? Ah, I said, well, of course I had to survive. I had to get another job. I had to get a second job. I had to get another job to keep the roof over my head, keep the gas in the car, keep the food in the fridge. And back then, keep the phone on the wall. <laughs> I remember those <laughs> the days. The phone attached to the wall with the long cord. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I got a job, swing shift. So I would work nine to five in my, my, my job in my home office. And then from five in the afternoon to one in the morning, I drove a limousine. And I drove all around Los Angeles from five in the afternoon till one in the morning. And then good thing was in my late 20s. So I'd come home late at night, you know, around one in the morning, get to sleep, get some, get, get a decent night's sleep and be able to get up in the morning and work. Mark, how long did you have to do that before you could quit that second job? See, I never knew how long it would take. But every day that I was in that limousine, I said to myself, this is one day closer to my giving notice. Every single day. So during the evening, I would drive. And then during the day, I would work on getting an, a client. And then another client. And another client. And another client. So after the first year, I had, I was making... Uh, 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 maybe about 25% more than I was making at my driving job, but I still wasn't making enough to give up my driving job. Mm -hmm. And I stayed at that and stuck with that job for four years until finally one day I acquired a client that paid me in one month more than I had made in four years as a driver. And that's when I was finally able to give notice and quit that second job and do this full time. That was 1982. And fortunately, I haven't looked back. Fortunately, from that point on, I was able to get other clients and basically be able to sustain. And I never had to go back and get another job, a, a straight job. Some might call it, that's a straight job driving a limousine. Yeah, it's nine to five. I was on a payroll. I was, you know. Yeah. yeah but it You're was a great job i was working for somebody else i was working for a limousine company but the great thing about it was they didn't have cell phones then so i was on my own you know i, I took off and everything they had a little radio car phone that sometimes worked and that was it but i was on my own excuse me for eight hours nobody's breathing down my neck nobody's saying cashman where's that report and I was able to meet really nice people, celebrities even uh, uh, here. And um, 
and and uh, and that was it. So so four years of that, and then finally uh, was able to give notice, and it was really easy to to go in and say, guys, I I can't thank you enough for keeping me employed these past years. I really appreciate it, but I got to move on. I'm a young man. I'm in my thirties. I've got a I've got a career I'm, I'm doing, and I have to move on, and I got to give the job up. They were all great. They said, good luck, Mark. Good luck. You're a great employee. We really enjoyed having you. Good luck. Hope you hope for the best. They were really nice. You don't have to burn bridges when you do that. Yeah. And you let them know. Thank you. You just thank them for their employment. And, and, and but say, I got to move on. They understand that. Yeah. And the ones especially, who don't. Especially out in L.A. Um, <laughs> they know. They know. They know. They know, they know that everybody's aspiring. Everybody wants to move up. Everybody wants to move forward. Everybody wants to have a better life and, 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 and have, hopefully have something that they can, they, they can call their own. There's a, there's a thought playing in my head. Like as you're telling this story, it's the, it almost seems fateful that you did, that you drove a limo uh, because that had to have been a good networking tool for you. You know, it wasn't, it really, really, really? Wasn't. It, it, it wasn't because. When you're, when you're, uh, uh, when you've got uh, uh, people, they, they, they're, everybody's basically, when they get in the back of a car, they're mostly consumed in their own thoughts. What just happened before they got in the car, where they're going and what's going to happen when they get to wherever, wherever, wherever it is they're going. And most people are very, pretty much guaranteed consumed with their own thoughts and their own lives, et cetera, et cetera. And every so often, I mean, now it's a little bit different with Uber drivers and Lyft drivers and things like that. People a little bit more uh, open and stuff like that. But, but back then, uh, uh, they were just they just actually used that time just to be alone and have some alone time before they had to go back out into the public. A lot of celebrities who I drove around enjoyed that alone time. Just literally being alone, nobody bothering, nobody calling them, nobody seeing them, nobody pointing at them nothing mm -hmm. you just really really enjoyed that and i always uh, um uh, uh honored their privacy i even said hey if, when they got in the car I said, if you need anything let me know if you want the window up go ahead put it up there i won't take it as, a, as an insult and i just gave them some basic instructions and, and and let them on their own some people were very very nice some people said, "Oh, now keep the window down," and 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 we're perfectly there again. They're they're normal people. I can't believe some of the celebrities I met who were just so incredibly normal. Uh, it was ridiculous. Johnny Carson I drove up to his 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 house in Homeby Hills and was taking him to he was how I was taking him to an event where his wife was speaking at an event, whatever the case would be, and and he and I had a wonderful friendly conversation uh, 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 uh and um and he was a perfectly normal person he's just uh, absolutely a, a delightful man to talk mm -hmm. to and um other people just did not want to talk at all they just they just wanted privacy and you respect that and stuff like that but but um but no i never took advantage of that that was like the guy going up to the the, the actress with a script so i i never um I, I I just never did that. Uh, that, that what's is, interesting, that makes sense, though. That, what's uh, interesting, though, is that 
of the, some Uber drivers and, and Lyft drivers, when I've been passengers, um, sometimes immediately strike up a conversation with me, say, oh, what do you do? And when I tell them, they go, oh, I've always wanted to do that, et cetera, et cetera. And so I ended up giving them a card or something like that and, 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 and talking about that. But, uh, but I guess, you know, back in the, in the 80s, it, 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 without, again, before the Internet, mm-hmm. it was a, kind of a different thing. Well, see, that's what I'm thinking. When I made that comment, that's what I was thinking happened. Like you, you would just happen to get these chance conversations. They'd say, you yeah. know, and, and the topic would come up. Yeah. And maybe they're like, oh, well, I know somebody that needs a commercial mate, or I know somebody that needs a voice actor for something. Yeah, no. I, I was thinking it was one of those organic things. Nope. Not Let's, all day. In fact, they hardly ever, ever, and they never wanted to talk shop. That makes sense. Never. They wanted to talk about anything else but the business. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they really appreciated that too. Yeah. Just, just had that opportunity. Let's, let's stick with this for a second. Yeah. I want to, I want to deep dive. So, so you've, you've, you've got, you've got your business started. Um, what was your, and I know this was a different time and maybe it looks a little bit different today, but I think the principles are still there. I want to start with like, what was your, your prospecting method back then? What would you do to obtain clients? Well, what I would do first of all was most clients I didn't go for clients per se. I went for ad agencies because ad agencies represent clients. So I would always get in touch with the creative director of the ad agency or the senior copywriter of the ad agency, or sometimes the CEO of the ad agency, depending upon the size of the agency. But I would always get in touch with, try to make touch with the most of the time, the creative directors of the agency who were the people who are the, uh, well, they'll call the gatekeepers of different uh, accounts for different businesses that they represented. So what I would do is I would send them a demo of stuff that I had done of, of other, for other uh, uh, companies, other commercials that I'd done. And basically, and it was a demo and said, this is my demonstration tape. And um, what you hear I did for these people, I could do for your client. And and then that was basically that was basically it is contacting them cold on the phone and 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 having a conversation with them and then of course making all the notes and everything to, so I can figure out uh, um, uh, when to call this person back after six months and then follow up et cetera et cetera and just just try to have a you know just keep things going keep keep all those plates spinning uh, right. uh, uh, per se so so that was the basic. Uh, uh, MO was contacting ad agencies in Los Angeles that represented different companies and 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 uh, and, and clients. The very very first one I got this this is very telling too. So I got to Los Angeles in July of 1978, and by October 1978, I get a call from a local ad agency who says, we've got a client here in LA, Knott's Berry Farm. Knott's Berry Farm was the competitor to Disneyland. So you had Disneyland in Anaheim. Knott's Berry Farm was a huge, huge um, amusement park, just like Disneyland, but with different rides, different themes, et cetera, et cetera. So this agency represented Knott's Berry Farm. And they asked me to put together a commercial for them to write a little ditty, to write a little song about um, the Knott's Berry Farm, some of their their um, 
uh, rides. And this is my first job in L.A. And when I first came to L.A., I met a few people and and met a guy who had a studio. It was about, I don't know, like an hour away from where I was living. But I said, "Okay, I know the studio. All right. And who's going to be the talent? Well, the guy who owned the studio, his voice was perfect. So we're going to have him as the talent. You're going to use his studio. I'm going to play guitar. He's going to play keyboard. We're going to have a little bit of drum thing behind us. And we're going to do a 60 second spot for Knott's Berry Farm. So we put it together. I can't believe it. The budget. I remember the budget like, like it was night and day, like, like, it was, like, like it was yesterday. The budget, the entire budget, including talent, studio, creative, was $500. Wow. $500 for a commercial for Knott's Berry Farm. 1978. Well, so the spot gets done. I get paid. Of course, after I pay everybody else, I, you know, I didn't have much left over, but still got paid. But the great thing was, is that a month later, as I'm in the limousine driving to the airport with one of my clients and I'm listening to the radio, guess what comes on the radio? That spot. That spot for Knott's Berry Farm is playing on the radio within half a year of my coming to Los Angeles. I got, knowing nothing about radio and radio production and commercials or anything within, I said July, so July, August, September, October, within three months of my getting here, I got a spot on the air in one of the largest markets in the country within three months of my getting here, one spot on the air. As far as I'm concerned, that was, that was such a huge accomplishment. And as far as I was concerned, that was a sign. That was a sign that I made the right choice. Mm -hmm. And if I could do that in three months, what could I do in three years? What could I do in 13 years or in 23 years or in 33 years? That was a sign. Was it could it have, it could have gone the other way? Could that I could have that just been my one shot wonder? Yes, it could, but I wouldn't let it because that was a sign. I figured if I could do that, then I could do another and another and another and another. I can parlay that. If I, again, there's a success story that's you can't argue with. It's right. on the air. That's it. So I just took that as a sign. That was the wind in my sails, so to speak. And yes, it took another four years for me to finally realize that I could do this full time, but I was relentless. Again, every day that I drove that limousine was one day closer to my giving notice. Yeah. I kept my eyes on the prize the whole time. But again, we go back to the fact that I was absolutely, absolutely relentless. Failure was not an option for me. Yep. And I even just, when you I, did fail, you just got back up and kept going. That is true. That is absolutely true. There were many, many projects that I, that 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 never happened. And was I disappointed? Yeah. But did, did I did I let that disappointment stymie me and, and and keep me immobile or push me back or or or, or defeat me? No. No. Now, I some of my colleagues 
actually they're all retired. Almost everyone's retired now. They are much, they are more accomplished than I will ever be. They have a body of work behind them that is extraordinary and extensive. And it's brilliant. The material is just terrific. I'd be absolutely honored to have to, to have that body of work behind me. It's it's great, but I can still look back at at, at my at, at at my material and and say, I did good. I did good. I've got a, a a good body of work. Yes, I've been you know gotten awards and stuff like that. Uh, but the bottom line is, we go back to. It still goes back to paying it forward. It still goes back to that the whole time. And, and that's the great thing that I'm enjoying right now is that since I'm in my later years of my career, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more, I can, I can do that more. I can, I can inspire, I can mentor, I can, I can uh, 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 remind people that yes, leave a legacy, pay it forward, do something more with than just what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie producers do this all the time, successful ones. You know, they'll they'll produce movies and they'll be successful and they are successful. But what do they do with their success? They turn that success and they they'll donate to causes that they think are worthy. They, they'll help fundraise different things. And again, they'll use their cachet. They'll use their celebrity to help other people. Those are the celebrities that I uh, uh, admire the most, the ones who who take their name and and um, and do something that's not sexy. That the, the actor who was in the night at the museum, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. He has taken his celebrity, and he has turned it into a humanitarian effort. He's he's basically a, a one of the people who's trying to help uh, Ukraine in the war, and help refugees and and everything else like that. He hasn't been in any movies lately. A lot of movies lately. Why? Because he's involved in this humanitarian effort. He's a mensch. That's it. Now, again, not everybody's lucky enough to have celebrity and be able to do with that. And a lot of people are celebrities and they don't do anything with it. They just revel in their celebrity. Yeah. But, but the, the, but the real, the people who at least I admire, and I'm sure you do too, are the ones who do more than what they're asked to do. They take it upon themselves to do something bigger than themselves. Yeah. It's not sexy. That doesn't pay anything. And, and, and it doesn't get them any headlines or anything else like that, but they do it because that fulfills them and they know they're doing something good with what they've got. They were given again, this, this, and celebrity can be a curse as well as a, a blessing. Some people can't, don't thrive with celebrity. They hate it. Mm-hmm. They reject it, but the but the people I admire, the ones who again pay it forward, yeah. use that use that name to help other people. That would be yeah. the name of this episode if I was going to name them like "Pay It Forward" because that's 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 so key. Um, just that 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 humility, that servant's heart. Um, I think when you look at all of the world religions, when you when you you know you even look at like biblical principles. Love is always that that central thing that 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 drives everything. 
mm-hmm. you know, no matter what religion you look at, like there's, mm-hmm. it's, it's yep. about love and, and to pay it forward yep. is an act of love. And, and, and love is really a giant act of humility. Yeah. It's putting someone before yourself. I mean, yeah. you know, for example, you're taking, I mean, you've got a busy schedule, man, but, but you, you are kind enough to take time out of your schedule to talk to me. You know, you're not getting anything out of this. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're paying it forward right now. You know, I consider you a friend. I know you consider me a friend and, and you're doing me a favor by doing this. And, and I know this podcast, the more people I hear, it's going to help them. Um, you know, that's one of my goals for this show is I, I want to, you know, I'm trying to make it, I'm trying to build something. I have this grand vision for a studio that I have no idea currently how I'm going to put it together, but I'm meeting people. I'm talking to people. I'm, 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 I'm networking a lot. I'm making the connections and I believe it's, I'm relentless. I'm going to make it happen because it's something the world needs. It's not just for me. It's not just for my success. It's for every independent filmmaker out there. It's it's creating a safe space for them to avoid exploitation. That's so rampant today. It's creating a safe space for someone to come in with a script and from A to Z, we'll make your film and get distribution for it. Um, and we're going to do it safely and you'll be appreciated for your talents. Um, I, I have a strong conviction about building this thing and making it happen. So, so that's, so I'm chasing it, man. That's what I'm doing. And I've, I've in the journey, I've just had the privilege to talk to people like yourself and um, you know, some, some, you know, celebrities are some of the people I've got to talk to. I've, I've never imagined I would, I mean, I'm being friends with people from my favorite film. That's always very strange. Um, that's very strange. You know, in fact, I, I sent one of them a message last night, uh, just, you know, telling her like, Hey, by the way, I just want to let you know, you've been on my heart this week and mission. I hope you're doing well. And, you know, it's, um, I, I just, I love that you're, that's one of the things I like about you. One of the things I respect about you, Mark, is that you have, you have a servant's heart at, at the center. I, I've, I've believed that and seen that in you from the first time I talked to you, like you, you have a very humble heart and, and I really appreciate that about you. Thanks. Let Thank me, you. Let me ask Thank you. you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, and, and and I think that's why you've been so successful because you're willing you remember, to do that. You remember that I, I was just talking about that uh, the of uh, that theme, uh, the field of dreams theme. If you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. And and recently, uh, earlier this year, uh, back in May, the very first voiceover convention on the continent of Africa was held. Wow. And they invited me to be one of the speakers. And, and I brought up the, 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 the movie Field of Dreams. And I was talking to the person who put this first voiceover conference together. And I said to him, I said, and I, and I said, there's a movie here in the United States called Field of Dreams. And one of the most uh, uh, classic lines of the movie was the concept that this is about a man who was, who, who was a baseball fanatic and wanted to build a stadium in the middle of nowhere. And the phrase was, if you build it, they will come. Well, what's funny was that, that, sa- that sentence was so profound to him. He, he heard me say it. And then I, I think it was like a week later, he said, and Mark Cashman said, if you build it, they will come. And I went, oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I contacted her. I said, King, King, King. His name is King. Um, uh, I said, King, I didn't write that. I didn't say that. That's not my words. I said, I'm, I was quoting from a movie. I don't even know the screenwriter who wrote it. I said, but it's from the movie attribution 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 make sure 
You don't tell the world that I said, if you build it, they will come. So just field of dreams, just keep that field of dreams if you build it. And that's what you're doing. That's what you're, that's what you're thinking. If you build it, they will come. The thing is, you've got, you have friends, you have colleagues, you have supporters, you have uh, 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 people who are in the business who can advise you. You have the wherewithal, you have the, the drive, you have the motivation. You may not necessarily have all the skills to put together to wire a studio together, mm-hmm. but you'll find somebody who does. Yeah, That's the key because that's what you want to do. And that's, that's just the best. That's just the best when you can, that's a win, win, win. Everybody Mm -hmm. wins. Everybody wins when you put that all together. And that's not easy because there's so many moving parts, Yeah, which, which, which is great, but you've seen other people do it. It's doable. Uh, one a a a, a a a voice actor here in Los Angeles. I think she was in L.A. Moved to Tennessee. I can't remember where she is. I think she's near Nashville. And she put together, she built a studio for voice actors that where there had never been one, and she put it together. It's gone on now three years. She's doing classes and coaching and everything else like that. She had a dream. She didn't know anything about putting a studio together except her desire. Yeah. It's pretty amazing when we decide that we're going to do something, how we end up doing it. Yeah. Well, and, and you, you know, you talk about luck. Yeah. There, there's an element. I, I don't know if I believe in luck necessarily. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a man of faith and, and I believe God orchestrates things, but um there, there has definitely been an element of of things outside of my hands in all of this because, uh, you know, were it not for Steve, I would have never met you more than likely. You know, it, it was because of Steve that you and I connected, and, and so I, I'm grateful to him for that. Um, and, and and it's just I've had circumstances like I, I'm sitting as I'm listening to you talk and as we're having this conversation, I I just had the thought a minute ago. I still can't believe I'm doing this. This was actually never on my radar ever. Um, you know, I was, I wanted to be like my uncle, uh, my uncle was an IT guy and I pursued that and I accomplished all the same things he did. Um, but then I just, I hit my, my mid thirties and I realized that's not what I want to do with my life. And, and like you, I wasn't content to be unhappy with what I was doing. So I, I just went on this journey of, of self-discovery and, started a podcast and, uh, you know, created, um, Dawn journey productions. It's kind of an umbrella to do things under. And I didn't, I didn't know anything about any of it. <laughs> folks to be clear. I knew nothing about the film industry. I knew nothing about photography. I knew nothing about cameras. I knew nothing. I started from scratch. I knew nothing about podcasting and it literally was an idea. I took my IT knowledge I had to, to buy an email domain. So I didn't email these people from a Gmail address. <laughs> and and that and that was the beginning of it. And I got yeah. involved in, in the, the local film community on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you have to hustle. Like, like I got on LinkedIn, I got on Twitter, I got on uh Facebook, and I found these people I wanted to talk to, and I just took the chance and reached out to them. That's right. I got and the I got worst it. they could say, and the worst they could say is no. Yeah, or they ignore you, and some of them did. That's right. Yeah, you know, of course. Um, but but I found more were willing to to talk to me than not. Yes. Um 
And, and it just, it just kind of was this domino effect. And then Steve actually reached out to me. Um, I, I don't know how in the world he found me, <laughs> but he had actually reached out to me and, and talked about my persona on Facebook and how I was always, it seemed like I, I wanted to help others and which, which is true. Um, and, and here we are a year and a half later, you know, and, and it's not, the journey's not been perfect. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes along the way, but who hasn't, um, I, I mean, and to be honest with you, Mark, I, I was, there was a part of me that wanted, you know, the way things have gone down, I ended up going into business development with the company I work for now. And, you know, and, 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 and it kind of satisfied that itch I had, yeah. um, I, I really, in this journey, I realized that I I'm, I'm a producer type person. I'm, I'm a networker. I'm a, but I'm still an artist as well. And so it yeah. started scratching that itch. For and me. you can be both. Exactly. And so I had thought about hanging this up, but there's just something that won't let me. So I said, okay, all right, I'm going to keep, I'm going to, I'm going to get back on the set. I'll try this again. And, and I'm, and I'm not joking, man, over the past three, three or four weeks, I've been really starting to kind of pursue this again. And my girlfriend are telling you, she's like, wow, just a lot of things are starting to happen for you. I, I, I'm like, I, yeah, it's weird. I, I just, it's like, I got back in the saddle and boom, doors are opening. You know, I've had That's two people exactly ask me right. to help them with a the film. You know, this, this podcast is going well. I'm, I'm finding, you know, all these cool people to talk to. So I, I don't know, man, it's. um, One thing leads to another. Yeah. And, and you never know what's going to happen tomorrow and when, and, and whether something's going to uh, a bloom or something's going to uh, fade or die, you don't know, but it doesn't really matter because you keep the ball rolling. That's, that's the key. And you're keeping all a, a number of plates spinning at the same time. You're not, you don't have all your eggs in one basket. So, so, and, and, and you keep, again, you keep things moving forward you have projects that you've got to do you have the, the uh, deadlines that you have to have this this has got to be posted on youtube by this date you've got stuff that you got to do you're productive yeah and and production leads to more production yeah which is which is great it's 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 the best thing ever and then at the end of the year you look back and go wow i accomplished a lot this year i didn't even realize you know how how, how much i did um and that's the beauty of, of just every day, moving that ball forward, keeping it going. And at the same time, figuring out ways as you speak to different people, say, you know what? I think that the thing that we're working on here, we could use for this particular thing and help these people out. You never know what's going to happen. You yeah. never, never know. But as long as you keep busy and as long as you keep active and as long as you keep pursuing the things you're interested in, and as long as obviously you're able to, you know, make a living, then you are living life the way life is meant to be lived. Yeah. You're thriving. I'm having fun. I'm having fun. Yeah. That's the whole point. I don't dread Monday. I mean, even, even my day job, I don't dread Mondays. Good. Um, I, I've, I've not hated a work day in a long time. And, I, and I'm very fortunate that, that I can say that. I, I I've got a, a general philosophy about life that 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 breaks down and and I don't know this statistically to be accurate. This is just my perception. I I feel that overall that approximately 75% of the people in the world do what they have to do for a living. They have no choice. Either they've got limited resources, limited intelligence, limited drive, but they do what they have to do for a living. And they will most likely continue to do that because they don't have really any drive to do anything else either. But they really don't like what they're doing, but they have to do it mm -hmm. to survive. 75% of the people in the entire world 
I think my perception is 20% of the people in the world do what they like to do for a living. They like their job. They like their colleagues. They like going to work. They don't love it. They like it. They like going to work. They like doing other things as well. It's a job they like. It's okay. It's good. 5% of the people in the world, I think, maybe that's a lot, but 5%, I think, do what they love to do for a living. And I always wanted to be a member of the 5% club. That didn't mean that I would make it. That was my desire. That was my goal, to be a member of the 5% club, to do what I love to do for a living. And that way, no day would be a day of work. It would just be a labor of love. And so that's what I aspire to do. That doesn't necessarily mean that, I mean, I was lucky that I was successful at it for a number of different reasons, many of which were in my control, some of which were not in my control. Yeah. And we know that old phrase of, you know, do what you can and, 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 and the rest, it's, it's going to happen. Whether you want to or not, it's, it, it's going to happen. There's just so much you can do. Appreciate that and all know that there's some shit you can't control. And so you just make do, you make the, you do the best you, you possibly can. It's, you know, it's easy to look back when you're, when you're older and you've, and you've accomplished a number of things as opposed to being in the middle of stuff and, and still doing it. But at least you're in the middle of stuff and still doing it. I would rather be in the middle of stuff and still doing it than be older after most of it's done. Yeah. Because I was excited and having just an extraordinarily great time being in the middle of it and doing it yeah, and, and, and accomplishing things that I'd never accomplished before. Now I'm in a different phase. Now I'm in an older, uh, uh, more, again, more mentorish phase uh, uh, where, where I can be more reflective, where I, 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 I am not as active uh, in, in that area, but I'm active in others, which are, are just a little bit, uh, just a little bit uh, more appropriate for me at this particular point. I'm not ready to give up, uh, uh, to hang up my hat, uh, at all. I always say that I'm going to, I'm probably, probably going to die if they find, when they find me dead, it'll be slumped over a desk in front of a monitor with, 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 the, the, with, you know, in the middle Mike of right there. <laughs> yeah, right. right. There'll be it, no it, mystery because you were recording when it happened and they just, exactly. they just heard a thump on the table and like, yeah. like, like yeah, you know, Mark, I love though, I'm nearing 40 and it's been an interesting journey in my thirties because I've, I've, I've quite literally felt my thinking and my, my way of viewing a life change. And, and, and I attribute it to wisdom that comes as you get older. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that's really appealed to me or really stuck out to me in this past year is manhood. And, so, and, and, and what, what I would say is the responsibility we have as good men. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way God's designed things is really cool because we, we live, you know, not everybody, but, but most of us, we get to live these, these full lives and we have all these life experiences, some good, some bad, but we build this repertoire of experience. And then here comes the next generation. They need a guide. They need a shepherd. They need a mentor. And it's our responsibility as men to shepherd and guide that next generation. And so I really admire respect and look forward to, for that matter, that phase of my life and you're in it now and I respect you and I applaud you. And I think it's amazing, man, that you, that you, you see, you've recognized that you've seen like, Hey, this is, 
this is the season I'm in my life now. I've got this lifetime of experience in this industry and a life. And here's this next generation of people. And it's right in line with your heart too. You know, you have, like I've told you, I told you this in our last conversation we had, like you have a father's heart. You know, you see this next generation of people that you can help and you want to pay it forward. It's just really in line with who you are. And I think that's awesome. I mean, that that in and of itself, it may not be the adventure it was in 1978, but man, you're really leaving your legacy now because that smile you saw on my face when this conversation began. Let me tell you why that smile was there. I was so excited to talk to you again because you had that big of an impact on me in our first conversation. There's just something about you, man. I have an immense amount of respect. And I was just that excited to have you on the show. I was like, man, I'm talking to Mark Cashman again today. This, this has been the highlight of my day because I just, I love the heck out of you, man. You're awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm blushing now. I don't know if you can see. <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, I, I mean that though. I just, I was, I, I was smiling that big because I was excited. I mean, like I, I really enjoyed talking to you last time and I just, I, I was, when, when, when you popped into my head, I'm like, wait a minute, why don't I have Mark on? Like this, he'd be a perfect guy to have. You know, you and, I, and I, I randomly emailed you out of the blue and you're like, I'm in, let's do it. You know? Yeah, so man, I was absolutely. just, I was just super excited. And, and, yeah. and again, this conversation has that disappointed me. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's just right in line with the last one, man. I just, I, I have an immense amount of respect for you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And vice versa in this case. And, and I'm really, I, you have to, you have to promise me, Brian, you're going to keep me posted on your field of dreams. I will. Okay. Definitely. Because that is your field of dreams. Now, it's going to, as it moves forward, it's going to shift. It's going to take different shapes, et cetera, et cetera. But keep your eyes on the prize. Know that it's worthwhile. Recruit as many people as you possibly can to help you realize that. Still, it's going to be up to you to move that ball forward. Everybody's going to be following you. But you need, you can't do it alone. You need a team of other people to, to, to help you execute particularly stuff you're not exactly sure how to do. So you know how to delegate. You know how to outline and operate. You can you 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 know what your game plan is. You know what your final goal is going to be. Many times I'll see what my final goal is going to be and then I break it down as to how I'm going to get there. Yeah. And a, and, and a lot of people it, it, a lot of people do that. Um some better than others. Um, I look at other, I look at some people and their success. And I say to myself, how in God's name did they put this together? How in the world did they put this together? How did, how did this, this, this one man, uh, not only put together, uh, the, 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 the biggest selling electric car company in the world, but also at the same time, work on space travel and going to Mars. Okay, this is this is a a brain that is is almost beyond our comprehension, and yet we're inspired every day. Every single day, we're inspired by different people doing great things, and and so they and so we say to ourselves, "Okay, I get there's room for me, there's room for this. This is this is good." You want to make your 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 wife and your children proud of you. Everybody else is gravy. Yes, your friends and relatives and everybody else, but it's your wife and kids. It's your 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 children who, after you're gone, can say to their friends, my dad, my dad did this, my dad is amazing, all right? 
that's ultimately what we're what we want to live with leave with yeah no matter what we do is have our children say my dad was the best my dad was amazing he was so incredibly accomplished so smart so kind so good and that's who i aspire to be and ultimately at the end of the day that is really all we got left with yep can't take it with us we have, we again we got our accomplishments but what what are accomplishments they're they're hollow unless they actually helped somebody else being human yes. on this planet there's a lot of greed and a lot of avarice and a lot of horror in there a lot of ugliness that we see every single day and we we say and we say to ourselves how how can people be so horrible how can how can this how can these horrible things be happening all over the world what what's what's in these people's minds because they're so alien to us they're so foreign to us and and that's always going to be that's always going to be there until there's no human left on the planet until humanity's wiped out for whatever reason. But while we're here, while we're here, what does it say? The meaning of life. What's the meaning? The meaning of life. I heard a joke about that, the meaning of life. The man, a super successful man, multimillionaire, beautiful wife, beautiful children, homes all over the world, super, super successful at the top of his game, one day wakes up and says, what is this all about? What is life all about? And gets up and walks out of the house and just disappears for 10 years. He leaves his wife, his children, his job, everything. He just walks off to try to find the meaning of life. 10 years later, he is standing across, sitting across from a guru in a cave with a little fire between them. And he says to him, your holiness, I've been searching for the meaning of life for the past 10 years. I've covered the world. And I finally, everybody tells me that you, you know the meaning of life. Could you please, please reveal that to me? And the man says, my son, life is a fountain. And the guy looks at him and he says, what? I gave up my entire life, my career, my children, everybody to find the meaning of life. And you're telling me that life is a fountain after all this, that that's the meaning of life. Life is a fountain. And the man says, you mean life isn't a fountain? So this is the 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 again the moral of that story is we make we 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 call we 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 make our own meaning yeah in life we have the ability to define life while we're living it we can make it good and wholesome and pure and 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 helpful or we can make it horrible and and if if we're selfish and and and, and venal and um fortunately the majority of us are not yeah and so so we we just have to always try to find our good side and do the best we can just do the best we can yeah it's it's, a, it's still we come comes back to just being humble i'm sorry anybody who it, it's just being humble and appreciative yeah that that's that's the, that's really the bottom line 
If you appreciate the good things in life, you will be the happiest person in the world. And there's that direct correlation. The amount of how appreciative you are determines how happy you are. It's equal. Uh, you you look at, uh, let's say, somebody like Mother Teresa, you know, who, well, maybe somebody less complicated because she was very, uh, she had a pretty huge ego, supposedly. That said, you know, a, a, a sister of mercy, a, a, a nun, will sublimate, sacrifice basically her life to pay it forward, to pay homage to God and to help others. That's what they do. They make a vow to do that, a vow of poverty to do that. We're not that, uh, uh, we don't go that far. We don't, we, we said, well, we, uh, poverty is not our, my thing. I'd like to have a family <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a fairly normal life, okay? But you can still pay it forward and still be comfortable. Right, right. Which is, yeah, which that is, contentment, that's million dollar advice, just, just to be content. Um, Mark, let's let's close it on this. Um, take a moment. We're to, to give give us a, a rundown on the ways people can get a hold of you if they want to book you mm. for something. What what's give it? Give us a rundown on on Cashman Commercials. What you sure. know services you offer? Just give us give us the the whole nine yards. Okay, it's it it's it's pretty simple. Um, I work in in two ways. If you're a company uh, that's looking for any kind of commercial production uh, for radio and TV. I've been doing that for 45 years and I'm still doing that uh, today. Cashmancommercials.com. That's the website. And there's a whole bunch of stuff on there, more stuff. It's embarrassing amount of stuff on there. Not embarrassing to me, embarrassing that there's so much on there, but there's a lot of stuff on there that you can listen to and pick and choose from and, and, and know that, that, that I'm fairly well-versed in, in, in ad advertising production and creative advertising production. And, um, and, and and again, I could talk about it all day, but all you have to do is just listen. And if you like it, you contact me. On another attack, a completely other after after producing, writing, and producing commercials uh, uh, for um, forty five years, I the past twenty three years I've been teaching. I've been working with voice actors uh, uh, to doing commercial voice voiceover but other voice other voiceover services as well uh, animation uh, video games uh, 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 audiobooks uh, e-learning narration just just pretty much everything across the board so i'm online with classes i'm in studio with classes uh, although the past three and a half years i haven't been in studio because of the pandemic march 2020 uh, is was my january 2020 was my last in studio class and I'm attempting to revive it this September after Labor Day, after three and a half years, getting back into the studio. Pandemic restrictions have been lifted, and I'm hoping we can get back into the studio. People are coming back into the movies and back into the theater, and the, the pandemic technically technically is over, although it's still you know out there, but we don't talk about it now because it's not very PC. And we just, so uh, my classes, you can contact me again, uh, uh, cashmancommercials.com mark m-a-r-c at cashmancommercials.com is my email address you can contact me there anytime and i also do one-on-one -on -one coaching with uh, people not just all across the u.s but all across the world 
which is fantastic. Again, power of the internet and Zoom, which is what we're working with now. And um, and then if anybody gets in their in their mind to hire me as a as a voice actor, because I also do a lot of acting on video games and animated series and audiobooks and commercials and stuff like that. Again, Mark at CashmanCommercials.com. I'm available there um, uh, for uh, for whatever project that you have. I'm going on, I think, my 20th year of audiobook narration. Um, I think I'm coming close to 250 uh, audiobooks so far. Getting one, getting ready to do one uh, at the end of this month. Another one, uh, which is um, uh, about um, um, loneliness in America. Loneliness. In fact, just a few years ago, the UK, the Prime Minister of of, of, of the UK, um, appointed a Minister of Loneliness, the cabinet level Minister of Loneliness in the UK. And what they do is a database of everybody 65 years and older who's living alone. And they keep tabs on everyone to make sure nobody dies alone. How do you like that? That's amazing. Loneliness is an epidemic now in this country. And I wouldn't be surprised if the next administration actually does the same thing that the UK does and 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 bring in a cabinet level person to deal with people who are lonely, isolated. We have millions, millions in this country. So this book um, is again right down the alley of of stuff that I that I like to narrate. Why? Because it helps people. Mm-hmm. It helps people. Could I do a fiction book? the romance novel or this or that whatever the case would be yeah i could it's fun it's frivolous but i at this point much rather spend my time if i can even just helping one person if it helps just one person i know it's going to be more than that so i know that my my talent and my time my productivity is going is paying it forward yeah yes i'm being compensated uh uh by the way, anybody listening to this say, well, Mark, how are you working during the strike? It's actually uh, audiobook narration is the one area that's been exempt from the strike. So uh, I'm doing a union job in the middle of a strike only because it's the it, audiobooks are exempt. That said, if anybody says he's he's breaking the strike. No, I'm not at all. I, I, I support the strike, but I'm not part of it. That said, that's how people can get a hold of me anytime. I'll get back to you. And, um, and, and, and of course people know how to get a hold of you, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Excellent. Yeah. We, um, <clears throat> yeah, I have a, in the, the outro, I have all the, the contact info and stuff. I just want to hit re-recorded all that. So I can, Fantastic. <laughs> Mark, brother, I, thank you. I appreciate you, man. My pleasure, Brian. Thank you so much for taking your time as well. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate it, brother. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and cut recording. I want to thank everyone for joining me on this episode of Your Business Here, a podcast brought to you by Servoplex LLC, located in Knoxville, Tennessee. We are a provider of IT services and co-managed IT. If you are in need of any IT services, give us a call at 865-245-9090 or visit our website at www.servoplex.com. I want to thank today's guest. I want to thank my audience for sticking with us. And until next time, take care. Be blessed and have a wonderful day.